Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Women Empower podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today, we have Ashley Ford with us. Ashley is the owner of Pretty Penny Accounting and an expert in small business accounting, a QuickBooks guru, and has worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs to change the way they make and spend their money. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Thank you. So to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you're currently doing? Yeah. So like you just said, my name is Ashley. My business is Pretty Penny and we offer bookkeeping and advisory services for small businesses, specifically female-owned brands um, in the e-commerce space or with retail stores and service providers. And that's really our sweet spot. That's what we love to do. My passion is really helping women succeed in business and kind of find their groove in their industry and really get to see that vision that they have for themselves live live out. Oh, that's so cool. So why don't we tell us, before we get into all the amazing best practices we have when starting a business and accounting, all those fun things, yeah. let's start a little bit about your story. How did you become an entrepreneur? So I think from a young age, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My parents are entrepreneurs. I come from a family of small business owners. Um, my sister even had, like, she used to sell cheesecakes in our neighborhood when she was like seven years old. What? And she would make some pretty decent money off the cheesecakes that she would sell to people, especially around the holidays. So I think even from a pretty young age, I had this sort of entrepreneurial spirit just kind of lived in my family. Um, so I went to school and I majored in accounting. And when I left there, I went to go work for a CPA firm. And it was there that I got a ton of knowledge about what it means to really manage the finances for a small business. All of our clients were small businesses and all different types of industries. And I got to meet a ton of different business owners. And that was my favorite thing about what I did was talking to business owners about what they do, how they got into it, what their passions were. It is still to this day, it amazes me what people choose to do to make money and how they spend their time and and the businesses that are needed in this world that we do not even think about most of the time. It just blows my mind. So it was there that I really found just like my, just that I had a passion for doing kind of the finance side of small businesses. And after about five years, the CPA that I was working for, she retired and she sold the firm. And right about that same time, one of my clients who had been on the show Shark Tank, they were a startup, they were really growing and they needed someone to come work internally for them. So I went to go work for them and really got experience on the inside of a business and working like hand in hand with a business owner about what's important to them when it comes to finances. And it was a very like fun and lively environment, but I was really missing working with tons of different businesses. And that's when that entrepreneurial fire like started to grow in me. I was just constantly daydreaming about what it would look like to own my own business and choose my clients and hire a team and and create my schedule and really build like unlimited financial potential for myself. And I just couldn't stop daydreaming about it. And so one day in my car on my lunch break, I was like, I'm just going to take the first step. I'm going to take a step in the in the right direction to get me closer to this dream I can't stop thinking about. And so I picked the name of my business and I filed for my LLC. And from after that day, it was just little baby steps, little baby steps until I finally was able to 
leave my job and really jump into the business full time. So I have such a like soft spot in my heart for people who have had a similar journey of like working a side hustle and turning that side hustle into a business and something that they can thrive in. Um, I just think that's such a fun and exciting time. It is. It is so cool. I love that. Especially when people say, you know, I took small steps versus like some people are just like, oh, I just like quit my job and I had no money and nothing coming in. And I was like, I have to figure it out. But it's nice yeah. when I hear people actually, you know, like I did it the right way and took small steps until, you know, I was able to have that financial security. And I'm guessing that's because you have that, you know, accounting background, right? Exactly. Yes. And having that financial security just makes you feel better about it. You know, if you're taking small steps and you can start setting some money aside and kind of planning ahead, then you just get to feel like so good when you finally, well, it was still nerve wracking. If I'm being honest, it was still terrifying to make the jump. Um, but I knew on the financial side, I, I could make it work. That's awesome. I love that. So what are some of the biggest struggles when you first started on your own? Ooh. So when I when I first started, I think I had the biggest like aha moment of why it's so important to outsource things that you that are not like in your zone of genius. Um, I was trying to build my own website and I actually did end up, I still to this day do my own website, but it is only because I basically had to learn everything about websites and it was so awful. I mean, truly, I think it's the only time I've truly cried in my business was like full-blown tears, watching YouTube videos and like trying to figure out how to build a website and how to make it work and um, just to have really an online presence. And it was, it was that lesson that really taught me like the amount of time that I spent trying to figure that out. I could have been doing so many other things that would have furthered me in my business, would have helped my clients, would have helped myself um, and just helped the business in general. And so now whenever something, you know, something pops up in my business, it's something that needs to be fixed or created or something I need to do. If it's not something that I am good at or that I I know I need to get good at for the next level of my business, I outsource it. I absolutely bring someone else in that has that expertise that can take it on for me because otherwise I know that I will just spend so much time and my time is is better spent in other places. And that was like the biggest lesson I learned early on. It's hard to learn that lesson. I'm, by the way, I build websites like for my clients as well. And yep. I still YouTube like half the things and I still get so <laughs> frustrated sometimes. It's like, it's still not working the way it's supposed to. Websites yeah. are just a nightmare. <laughs> they just, hard. yes. And then the YouTube videos have all this tech language that I knew nothing about. I had no business even watching the YouTube videos. <laughs> and so at least you can probably understand what they're saying. I was like, this is gibberish. This is another language to me. <laughs> But that's really cool that you um, learned that so early on too. So you're like, oh, next time I know something, I'm just going to figure out and have somebody else do it. That took me yeah. a long time. So for so long, I was like, I can do everything myself. And that's why I'm supposed yeah. to do everything myself. Because that's what entrepreneurs do. They're the jack of all trades. They do everything for their business. And that is just not true. Yeah. The most, I truly think like the 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 people who build long, sustainable businesses and do it with sanity, like stay sane along the way are the ones that are not doing it all themselves because it's just nearly impossible to try to do all the things. Exactly. I like they said, heap their sanity. That is the yes, main, that's major the key. Right <laughs> we all know lots of entrepreneurs who just work constantly and you know, you're, whenever you talk to them, they're so stressed out and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> yes. Yes. They're wearing way too many hats. Yep. So entrepreneurship has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days? 
I remind myself constantly why it is that I do what I do. And I think when it comes to our why and why we're in business, it's really inspirational to have a why that is something along the lines of like, these these are some of my whys, but changing the lives of other people and really improving businesses so that they can then give back to their community and feed their families and do really amazing things within their own community. And so those whys really motivate me. But I think what people leave out sometimes that I think makes it a little easier and the hard days is remembering like our super internal and selfish why. And sometimes that's just the why of not wanting to work for somebody else or wanting to be able to create the freedom that you can within your own business or to really have unlimited potential. And it's amazing to see. I think every entrepreneur knows this, but like you grow so much as a person when you own a business, you're learning so many different sides of the business. I mean, you learn things you never thought you would ever have to learn in your life, but also you're just developing as a person, you become a better problem solver, you become a better leader. And so those two things motivate me internally too. Like I just remember how great it is for my growth as a person and the fact that I have the flexibility that I have and those, those like core reasons where I really wanted to start a business in the first place. And then also for the clients, like I just really, you know, want to serve them and help them be more successful. So remembering those pieces of like truly the nitty gritty, even if it's selfish of why you got into business makes the hard days better. Cause you're like, we can stick through this tomorrow will be a new day. <laughs> Maybe it'll be an easier day. Um, and that can really get us through. No, it does for sure. Uh, I know one of the biggest things for me was like, oh, I want to have weekends off like that. Yeah. So I worked in retail before and I was like having weekends off like a normal person, you know, that was like a big thing for me. And I just lost sight of that like almost instantly. And then, you know, like a couple of years later and I was like, why am I not liking my business? Like, why am I like struggling so much? And it's like, oh, because I completely lost track of like why I wanted more time for myself. I didn't want to work every yeah. single day, hours a day, every single day. You know, I wanted to actually take that time and, you know, have a life. So once I actually yeah. remembered that and actually took that time, so much everything came so much easier and actually, you know, loved it again. That's so, so true. And that's such a valid why. And then whenever you get to like see yourself do that, even on the hard days, you're like, at least I don't have to work this weekend. Right. That's pretty great. So I'll figure this out exactly. <laughs> and keep moving forward. So I'm really excited to kind of jump in some more about the accounting stuff. So I know it has to be more generalized because we have lots of different people on here. But let's start with QuickBooks. QuickBooks is like the bane of most entrepreneurs' existence. Um, how do you help entrepreneurs with their QuickBooks and what are some best practices there? Yeah, amazing. So QuickBooks is by far my best. It's my biggest suggestion. It's my favorite accounting software. I have used tons of different accounting software is really industry specific and broad ones like Wave and, and ones that other people have probably heard of like Zero. But QuickBooks is my favorite for a lot of reasons. It's the most user-friendly. They offer you the most perks and they're constantly evolving it to really meet the needs of business owners. So it's not a program that I think sometimes people get a little caught up in the changes, but the changes really are to help businesses better understand the numbers in your business. And at the end of the day, that's what accounting is all about. So I do love QuickBooks. That was just my little hype. I'm not paid to say that. <laughs> like the hype girl for QuickBooks. Um, but we do kind of two different things. One is our done-free services. So we help clients by um, just taking QuickBooks off their plate completely, um, whether it's on a project basis, like getting a full year cleanup done so they can get their tax return filed or on a monthly basis so they can see what their numbers are monthly. And then we off also offer a course um, and it's a 
sort of hybrid course. So you get monthly office hours so that as you're doing it on your own, you still have us to like lean on for support for questions, because as you said, it's the bane of a lot of people's existence. And I think it's because when you, I mean, just like when I was building that website, when you get stuck and you try to go to Google or you go to YouTube, the information is so overwhelming. And sometimes all you want is just to be able to like send someone a question and get an answer that is directly related to what you actually need rather than having to like sift through something that's in a different language. So um, that's what we did with our QuickBooks course was we built in that support so that people don't get stuck and then feel like this isn't something I can tackle. But for best practices in QuickBooks, the biggest thing is just trying to stay consistent with it. So if anyone has used QuickBooks, you connect your bank accounts directly into QuickBooks. And then you have to go into QuickBooks and sort of categorize those transactions and say, this was a marketing expense or this was income. You kind of tell it what the different things were. And where I see people get re- getting really hung up is if they wait six months to a year to try to go in and categorize the transactions for that whole period of time. Because one, we barely remember what we spent last week, much less what we spent six months ago or a year. So if it's like a general expense, I mean, there's things you're going to know what they are, but when it's a general expense, you have no idea and you're trying to pick your brain to try to figure out what happened so long ago. Um, But the other piece of that is it's going to take you so long if you wait to do it until so much time has passed. So taking time to go in like 15 minutes a week or even an hour every month to really categorize all those transactions and get everything put into QuickBooks is going to be a huge, huge time saver. And then you can see as you go along what questions you have, where you're hitting kind of where you're getting stuck and find support to kind of get you through that, that phase. I say, I'm that person right here. I'm the person that, you know, <laughs> it's like, cool. It's been, you know, like eight months since I've looked at QuickBooks and now I'm like yep. super stressed out because it's going to take me, you know, days to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. I'm definitely that person. It's truly so common. And I think the reason is because you didn't get into business and a lot of people didn't get into business to do QuickBooks or do accounting, right? Like you're spending your time focusing on things that are bringing your business money, that are serving your clients, that are growing your business. Um, the tricky part is that it's just important, right? It's important to understand the numbers in our business and be able to use that information to make better decisions and figure out what streams of income are doing well, where our money is being spent. So it's also just going to give you such good information if you keep up with it every month um, and be able to use that information in your business. Data is Data is amazing. It is. And everybody always says that. It's like number thing, you know, know your numbers. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm so good at that. And then I like look back and like, oh, I actually haven't looked at my books in like a long time. I need to go to that. <laughs> and I, I feel like at the beginning of every year, I'm like, I'm going to be so much better this year. And it's, you know, what, three, two. And I can't say I've gone yep. through and categories and that stuff. So now it's the one I have to do today because we just talked about it. And it's the first month, right? That's like right. always a good thing. That's Recently, a perfect time. Right. I wanted to go like every, the first day of every month, I want to go in and categorize everything, which, you know, shouldn't yeah. take that long if you do that. But Exactly. If you keep up with this, something I recommend is putting like blocking off time on your calendar for like the first of every month throughout the year. And then holding yourself to that meeting, like it's a meeting with a client or a meeting that you need to go to, even if it's, even if it's a short meeting and you have to go back and finish it later. Um, Cause I think that helps because man, time flies and all of a sudden we'll be like months. We'll be like, Oh, I really meant to do that. I just never found the time. Or when I did, it was definitely the last thing I wanted to do in that time. I know I have things like that on my to-do list that even if I have a moment, I'm like, mm, I'm going to put that <laughs> off until a little later. <laughs> 
So let's chat a little bit about prepping for taxes. We are in tax season right now, right? Entrepreneurs have to pay their taxes usually by April 12th, I want to say, right? Yeah, 15th. April 15th, right? So we're all in that tax period right now. What do you have some tips to prep for taxes so you're not a last minute person like I am? Or if you are a last minute person, um, kind of how to not get so stressed out about it? Yeah. So looking back, kind of getting prepped for tax season, the biggest thing you need is you need to have documented all your income and your expenses. So when you're thinking about prepping for like next tax season, you can imagine how easy it'll be if you're keeping up with things every month, then come tax season, you're like, oh, I already have everything categorized. It's all together. I just need to send it to my tax accountant or plug it into my tax return. Um, so going forward, that like consistency and doing it every month will be so, so helpful. And then also when it comes to sort of planning for taxes, setting some money aside for tax savings will make it so helpful because as your business grows, you're going to owe in taxes. And as it grows even more, you'll owe more in taxes. And it can feel like kind of a gut punch when we have to send that that check or that that amount right after or right out of our main checking account. So setting up like a savings account on the side and moving money into that every month, like 20, 30% of your profit every month, putting it in that savings account can really help with the financial stress around tax season. I think that's what hits a lot of people is like a fear of, I don't know how much I'm going to owe. I don't know if I'm even going to have the money that I need to pay in. Do I put it off? Do I file an extension? What does that look like? Um, So if you set that money aside, it's really going to take away that financial stress. And then if you have the consistency of doing your bookkeeping each month, it's going to take away the like organizational stress. So then you have a stress-free tax season. And I say that kind of cheeky because it's not going to be stress-free because it's tax season. <laughs> it's always a little stressful, but it will make things a lot better. So if you haven't done that, that's totally okay. It's just plan some time to really sit down and get things pulled together for last year. That way you can just go ahead and tackle it head on, get it all done. I feel like the longer that you let it linger, the it like I think we downplay how much financial stress plays a part in like our mental like health and just the stress we see in our business. So if you can just go ahead and tackle it and get it done, you'll feel a lot better uh, kind of just moving forward in the year. Definitely. I love that. So any, what are some good questions to ask as a small business owner when you're looking for a new accountant? Ooh, I love this question so much. So I have talked to at least hundreds of small businesses. And the biggest thing I hear when it comes to struggles with an accountant is the communication and the ability to feel vulnerable. So this might look like having an experience with an accountant where you didn't feel like you could ask questions um, or weren't getting answers to questions that were helpful to you. And it might just be that there is like a communication barrier there or communicating on a on a different level or something. Um, And just someone that you can truly feel vulnerable with. Um, So I suggest whenever you're looking for an accountant to really vet out someone that makes you feel comfortable and that you feel like you could really get vulnerable with and that you could talk to and ask questions to. I always kind of joke that I feel like working with an accountant is like opening your robe. You know, you're just like, here's everything that I have. It's a very vulnerable situation because you're basically doing that with your bank accounts. You're like, here's everything that I have. Here's how I spend my money. Here's how things have been going. And as accountants, our goal is never to 
never to judge, never to, there should never be any shame. Our goal is really just to take that information and make it easier to digest and then allow you to, to make decisions with that information. So finding someone that you really feel comfortable with and that communicates in a way that you understand and that you feel like you could communicate with, if that makes sense, so that you feel like you're, you're supported throughout the process. That makes total sense. I feel like we're always taught, you know, not to talk about money, or at least I was mm. when I was a kid, you know, yeah. like, oh, we don't talk about money with other people. And I feel like that's definitely, a, so you have to be very vulnerable when you're actually talking about money. Yeah. Which leads into our next question. Our last question, um, money mindset. How do you help people with their money mindsets? Mm. I didn't even know the term money mindset until maybe a year or two ago. And I kept seeing it sort of pop up on the internet. And I was reading some books that were talking about sort of the mindset around money. And it was then that I realized I didn't have the greatest relationship with money. I just didn't really realize that it was a scarcity mindset, but it was things like, I can't really afford that. Or what if more income never comes? Or um, like, just basically, what if I fail, right? Like, what if this doesn't work? What if the money runs out? Um, I don't have enough money to really fulfill the big dreams that I have. And when I realized that those were really hindering me and my business and started to like slowly tweak those narratives that I had playing in my head, it was an absolute game changer. It was a game changer in my life and it was a game changer in my business. And now I'm able to invest in really healthy ways and healthy ways that grow myself and that grow my business. Um, And so seeing that transformation in myself and like kind of going through that transformation has really made me want to show it to everybody else. Like there is such a better way. Um, And I think what happens is when you're stuck in this sort of scarcity loop, like I can't afford things, or you're feeling maybe shame around money or avoidance is a huge one. Like if you never want to look at your bank account, because you're like, I don't even want to know what that balance is going to say, because maybe last time you did, it was shocking. And you were like, there's no way that that's the balance in my account. Maybe it was too low, or there's just a lot of fear and avoidance happening over there. And when that happens, we're generally not very intentional about our spending. So we just kind of spend as we want to. We might see something and say, I want that. I'm going to buy it. Or um, there's just not a lot of thought and planning going around the spending, which then can lead to negative side effects, right? Like maybe we're not getting closer to our goals or our bank account is lower than what we want it to be, which then makes us want to avoid it even more and live in that fear. So you can see how we get stuck in that loop. Whereas if you can really change the narrative that you have for yourself and say, think, I mean, just literally changing the narrative in your head to think things like, I'm grateful for what I have. I have everything that I need. I just, you know, I plan well. I'm very wise with my decisions. Like when you can really change that narrative, then you become really intentional about your spending. And what that means is just knowing what your goals are and making sure your spending is getting you closer to those goals. So kind of running every expense through a filter of, is this getting me closer to my goal? Or is this kind of like a shiny object over here that just looks nice or that someone else is doing and something I think I want to do? And when we're really intentional about our spending, it gets us closer to our goals. And it could even leave more money in our account or allow us to save or invest or do other things with the money that we have, which then makes us really freaking grateful for what we have and makes us feel like we're making really wise decisions. So we get into this abundance loop. And when you're living in this abundance loop, that right there is the game changer. That's really where you can see yourself and your business thrive. 
I love that. I've definitely been stuck in that loop before. And you're right. When I started reading, um, I think it was Jen Cicero's book. Uh, yeah. You're a badass at making money. That kind of like yep. really changed my mindset for that. And that was like the first one I ever read. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Um, and then was it The Richest Man in Babylon? That was another one that I just yep. like, really loved that really helped me a lot there. Yeah. There's so many good ones. And there's another one called We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And it was right along with those that you just mentioned. It's a great book just to give you some tactical things to do. Like money mindset sounds all woo woo, but like, what do I actually do to change this? Um, and I, reading all of those is, is really helpful. Well, leads us to our last question. What is your favorite book? Ooh, um, that's a good question. There's a book that I am just about to finish reading and it has been just absolutely incredible. It's called 101 essays that will change the way you think. And it's really an amazing way to really feel seen and heard. And it's helped me in my business. It's helped me in my personal life. And so I highly recommend it. And that one's just top of mind because I'm finishing it up right now. And I have just been like enthralled. Like I don't even want the book to finish. I don't want it to end. Um, so I highly recommend it. Nice. Well, that's how you know it's a good book, right? When you're like, I don't yeah. want to put it down because I do not want this <laughs> book to end. My husband's yes. kind of person that'll just like stop reading it. And it's like, I cannot, I will never be that person. I'm like, I yeah. need to finish it and then I'll reread it if I really love it. Yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. That'll be a to my list. So how can people connect with you? You can find me on any social media at Pretty Penny Accounting. You can also go to heyprettypenny.com and you'll find some of our free resources and, and courses that we have as well as our services. But we hang out on Instagram most of the time. So send us a message and we'd love to chat. Awesome. And we'll have all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast.